Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, sponsored by WebSpy and Kata Bags. It's June 14, 2010, and this is episode 247. I was surprised recently by the amount of confusion over what makes a good flowerscape photograph, as people discuss this following the May assignment. Today I'm going to dissect this genre of flower photography that I've created. Before we jump into the main topic, I'd like to say a huge thanks to our sponsors, WebSpy, the Internet Monitoring, Analysis and Reporting Specialists. And as usual, I'd like to ask you to tweet the message, thanks to at WebSpy for sponsoring the at Martin Bailey Photography Podcast on Twitter to show your support. To find out more about WebSpy and their products, go to webspy.com mbp and use the discount code mbpwsy for a 10% discount on anything that you buy. I'd also like to thank Kata Bags for sponsoring the podcast for the month of June. Kata are continuously introducing innovative, lightweight, yet protective photo and video bags designed to work with the photographer. Do check out the review I did of the 3N133 Sling Backpack in episode 245. And remember that I'm giving away one of these bags on Twitter at the end of the month. So all you have to do to make sure that you are you know, in with a chance of getting your hands on one of these great 3N133 sling backpacks is follow me on Twitter if you don't already of course and then you just have to tweet the message that I've posted on my blog there's a link to the giveaway page in the show notes In episode 244 of this podcast, I talked about a couple of recent trips to a local park here in Tokyo, where I had one week found myself a little bit dry on the creative front, and then the following week forced myself to go back to face my demons and reacquaint myself with my creative muse. I had been shooting flowerscapes, a type of flower photograph that I named, and take pride in shooting. Also, last month, the MBP slash WebSpy photography assignment theme was flowerscapes. And I was quite surprised by the reaction of some of the members of the community over this theme. Some people really got it and went out and got some great flowerscape shots of their own. Other people didn't really get it and came back with basically flower close-up shots or macro images. Although many were very nice photographs, they were not what I would call flowerscapes. So today, I figured I'd talk a little bit about how the flowerscape theme that I've been shooting for some five years now came about, and give a few more pointers on what I consider to be a good flowerscape image. So first, a bit about the history of flowerscapes. Although I'd been shooting flowers for a number of years before this, I remember clearly the day the flowerscape was born. It was May 21st, 2005. Five years and a day before my revisit to the Showa Memorial Park to face my demons a few weeks ago. It also just so turns out that five years and a day before that, I'd been in the same park, but with a different field. It was a, the park rotates what they plant in their fields every few years. 
And five years ago, the corn poppies were on the other side of the park, probably about a mile from my recent poppy images. I'd been doing some macro work, and I also went on to shoot with my 24mm tilt-shift lens, laying the focus plane down across the heads of the poppies to get each and every one of them in sharp focus. In between these two types of shots, though, I reached for my 100-400mm lens and shot image number 636, which you can see right now on the Enhanced Podcast or in iTunes, or on my podcast page or the blog if you're at a computer. I can still remember my excitement as I raised my then 20D camera to my eye with the 100-400mm lens fitted and saw the beautiful red poppies with the afternoon light filtering through the frail petals. This particular patch of poppies was partially shaded by a large tree which explains why many of the poppy buds and the Some of the flower heads are dark. This was something else that I was to play with a lot in the the coming years to this day, using shaded subjects with a bright background for effect. We won't go into that today. One thing that I had not yet gotten down in my technique was the shallow depth of field. I shot this scene at f8. I was young and impressionable. Apart from that though, I'd fallen in love with the look. I was probably more excited about what I was seeing through the lens because, of course, unless I hit the depth of field preview button, the lens aperture would have been wide open and I would have been treated to a much dreamier looking scene than the one I captured. Only by one stop mind as this lens stops down to f5.6 at 400mm. This was the start of a love affair with flowerscapes though that gets me out on spring and summer days and autumn days to this day and hopefully for many years to come. Fast forward by two and a half years and I'd figured out that to shoot my landscapes I needed a wider aperture lens and to keep the aperture open as we can see in this image which is uh, one that I called Cosmos Rhapsody. I didn't get here in one fell swoop of course, as of May 2010 there are 84 images in my online gallery that are tagged with the flowerscapes keyword, and this image is the 61st out of the 84, so I'd updated 23 other flower shots, uh, flowerscapes before this. It was though another pivotal photo in the history of flowerscapes. And I certainly recall the excitement of looking through the 70-200 f2.8 lens and seeing once again the beautiful quality of late afternoon light. And once again it was filtering through trees. I shot this wide open at f2.8 and it had the dreamy look that I wanted, helped actually by a little bit of flare as the sun hit the front element of the lens. I'd learned to keep my eye on the edges of the frame more and although in many flowerscapes you can't always avoid cutting flowers off at the edge of the frame, you can make sure that the image has an overall balance and a pleasing look to it, as I believe I achieved here. Fast forward another six months and I was back in my poppy haunt, the Shawa Memorial Park, this time shooting what I believe are Icelandic poppies 
And my favourite shot of all of these, this batch is one that is my in my Flowerscapes fine art print folio, Poppy Heaven. This was shot with the 300mm 2.8 that I bought with one of the main purposes of shooting Flowerscapes in mind. I wanted to get further into a patch of flowers when you can't actually step in further. I'd fallen out of love with the 100-400mm since buying the 70-200 2.8 and even the 70-200 wasn't performing as well as I like on the sharpness front when I used it with the 1DS Mark III which is what I was now shooting with as my main camera. The 300mm 2.8 lens had become my best friend and is pretty much, it still is, my best friend today. Although the new 70-200 f2.8 version 2 lens is giving it a good run for its money. With, it, you know, it's just basically incredible sharpness. They are both f2.8 so I'm really enjoying having the flexibility to get in there and frame my flowerscapes how I want to. I do use other lenses and I sometimes stick the 1.4 times extender on these uh, or the other lenses as well for added flexibility but these are probably my two main flowerscape lenses now. In the poppy heaven image I'd really started to explore the idea of having just a huge expanse of vivid bucket taking up the majority of the frame with the flower subjects almost taking backstage although of course the image you know, the images wouldn't stand up without a sharp main subject. I shot this at f3.2, so the depth of field is tiny. Only the foreground white poppy on the left is totally sharp, but that's okay in my book. The idea is to make just a few, or sometimes only one flower swim in a sea of bokeh. A flowerscape doesn't have to be just about flowers. In September 2008, I shot a number of images where a dragonfly stopped by while I was shooting my flowerscapes, and I just had to make him the star of the show for a few frames. This was shot with the 300mm f2.8 and the 1.4x extender, so an effective focal length of 420mm uh, at f4. See how I've been mindful of where all of the elements around the edges of the frames fall. Scan the edges of the frame as you compose your shots and move forward or back if you are using prime lenses or zoom in or out, uh, you know, to get the most balanced framing. Live view can really help too as it enables you to almost see the finished picture while you're shooting. It's surprising how much easier it is to clean up your composition when you see the image on the LCD as compared to through the finder. You also see how the camera sees the scene too, of course, as the dynamic range and the colour balance is all there on the LCD. Sometimes looking through the viewfinder doesn't give you this amount of feedback. One thing that I do a lot when scouting for flowerscape images is to look for subjects of contrasting colour. Way back in episode 31 I spoke about the use of contrasting or complementary colours in that podcast, I talked about how colours opposite each other on the colour wheel have the most contrast, and colours one third apart are also very complementary. I'll also I'll put a link to that 
colour wheel in the show notes, but you can literally try this out for yourself. Select colours that are close to the ones in my recent image, Lens Baby Blue, and you'll find that they are one third apart on the colour wheel. You know, select the, a similar blue to the one in the, 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 the small blue flower has, and then select a red like the poppies, and you'll see that they're roughly one third apart. As the name implies, this was shot with a Lens Baby composer. This is one of the few images that I actually liked from my first visit to the poppy fields when I was, um, you know, not feeling so creative. Despite the Lens Baby being an excellent tool, I often find myself reaching for it when I need to mix things up a little bit creatively, as I did on this day. A flowerscape can be close to a landscape photograph, as in the image Trees Company. This is an image from my most recent demon-facing visit, where everything just seemed to flow and happen so naturally. Here the flowers don't even take up half the screen, but it's definitely still a flowerscape, because the flowers are such a major part of the shot. Without the vivid reds across the bottom third or half to a third of the image, it would be nothing at all. I actually did stop down a little bit for this shot though to f5.6, as I wanted to give us a little bit more detail in the tree and the leaves, which was certainly a major contributor to the shot. The main thing to note though is that the depth of field is still shallow enough to give us separation between the tree and the background, and for the foreground, poppies, to be nicely out of focus. I do like to go crazy with the bucket though, and although this is not to everyone's liking, I use foreground bucket in my flowerscapes with as much effect, if not more, than your standard background bucket, as in this image, wild bucket. Here I positioned myself so that there were a number of poppy flower heads above the poppy horizon line, so they're actually sort of hanging in the air like balls of fire. Of course, I aligned my main subject, the white poppy, um, again, a, a contrasting colour compared to the surrounding red poppies, so that it's viewed through a nicely balanced opening in the foreground bucket. Finally, we're going to finish on my favourite image, from my recent trip, and at this point in time, probably my favourite flowerscape so far, called Lone White. This is one of those shots where I felt that everything came together perfectly. The Lone White poppy is surrounded by a sea of red, with just enough green in the poppy buds and seed pods to add a splash of interest. As the breeze blew the poppy heads around, I waited for the red poppy in front of the white one to move almost completely out of the way, but just overlapping slightly. As I tried for this one, I obviously shot a number of images, but this one, with just that little sort of teasing bit of overlap, works best in my opinion. There are some flower heads cut off on either side of the frame, but I choose to allow that to happen here. I felt that the, the belt of sharpness worked, you know, that belt of sharpness across the middle of the image worked. Um, note too that I chose the height of my camera so that the dark horizon in the pop of the, you know, the back of the poppy field 
where the field ends and we change to trees, fell along the top of the frame. I feel that this adds balance to the entire image, as I do um, the greens that, you know, small patches of green at the bottom corners. Although it can sometimes look as though the bright patches of colour are overexposed, especially when they're out of focus and between two contrasting colours, try not to overexpose any of the colour channels. Keep your eyes on the RGB histogram when shooting flowerscapes. It can start to look really nasty if you don't keep your image optimally exposed. By optimally, I don't necessarily mean zero on your camera's meter. I generally shoot in manual mode and rarely even look at where the carrot is on the meter scale. All I care about is that I am as close to the right shoulder as possible for the brightest and most vivid colours, and yet I'm not, you know, I don't want to be touching that right shoulder with any of the channels. Try not to use deep depth of field unless you really need to. The f8 image that we looked at earlier was deeper than it should have been, and the f5.6 image that we looked at too was only that deep to give us some detail in the leaves on a tree. Any more depth of field would have killed that shot. It's always tempting to go deeper, and I used to bracket my uh, apertures until I was confident that I simply just was not using the deeper depth of field versions that I was going home with. Make sure that you have a definite main subject or subjects. Flowerscapes where there's no colour or subject contrast are not as strong as those that have something like a white flower against a sea of red that we just looked at. Even if it's the same type of flowers and the same colour flowers and you know, everything is the same colour. Look for something. Look for one that's taller and standing uh, you know, higher than the others. Um, maybe even set your the height of your tripod to accentuate that. Or align it with the trunk of a tree or something. Just find a way to make something stand out and you'll improve your shot no end. At the end of the day though, the most important thing about this and any kind of photography is to enjoy yourself. These few guidelines are just that, guidelines. There are no rules, and I'm certainly making this up as I go along. The more I shoot flowerscapes, though, the more, I, the more I feel that I'm improving on them. But it's still very much an open book. If you feel like giving it a bash yourself, knock yourself out. Quick mention that I was a guest on the Learning Digital Photography podcast with Jason Anderson recently, and the show has just gone on air as uh, it's just been released as I started to record. So you can find that at the canonblogger.com website. Jason has um, is slightly in, in, the, in the middle of a change at the moment. So um, you know the feed itself. If you subscribe to Learning Digital Photography in iTunes. You might not see it there. You'll probably have to go to the to the website until Jason gets the feed sorted out. Note too that we ran the scripts to find the May assignment winner last week. And that also gave us our five winners for the six-month batch of assignments that our sponsors, WebSpy, have kindly provided five great prizes for. 
The announcements and the jubilations are all over at the Photography Forum at martinbaileyphotography.com slash forum. So come by and check that out if you have a minute. Thanks for listening today. And thanks again to our sponsors, WebSpy, for sponsoring the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast and to Cata Bags for the month of June. Remember that you can find me on Flickr and Facebook, as well as Twitter, and of course my blog and the Photography Forum. All links are at the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com, so drop by and check that out. I'll be back next week with another episode, but in the meantime, you just have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye. This is Dave Warner, and I'm the host of the LensFlare35.com podcast. Each week I bring you interviews with some of the top photographers using digital SLR cameras. They share some of their coolest tips and tricks, techniques and news about what they're up to. So please take a moment to visit the website or subscribe to LensFlare35 on iTunes. The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is a proud member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com.